spooky friends. I'm John, and this is the second episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. For now, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Megan and Brooke. How are you doing, Brooke? I am doing good. I'm excited to talk about some spooky stuff today. Nice. Megan, how are you doing? I'm also super excited. I did a lot of research for this podcast, and I learned some pretty crazy stories, which I'm excited to share. Yes. So our scary topic for this episode is the mysterious summer wind. We got a lot of great stuff about it. Um, being that it's in the Midwest, uh, we found out a lot more information than other podcasts, so you, you're going to love it. But first, before we get to summer wind, I want to talk to you about the bunk bed from hell. Yes. Uh, been waiting <laughs> for this story. Yes. So, uh, Megan and Brooke, have you ever been in a bunk bed or used a bunk bed? Or <laughs> I have. Uh, many times being up north in Wisconsin, we've used bunk beds because there's the space is limited at some up north cabins. But I can't say that I've ever been in a haunted bunk bed. A haunted bunk bed. <laughs> uh, how about you, Megan? It's funny that you say that, Brooke, is the only time I've also been in a bunk bed is in a cabin going camping up north. So we, right? we have it's that just, shared experience. Yeah, it's just the thing to do. So I don't know if you both knew this, but the devil is in Horicon, Wisconsin. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so according to this website, Wisconsin Frights, not Dairyland Frights, uh, so it's about this family called the uh, Talaman family or Talaman family. If I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Just let me know. They bought a bunk bed back in 1987 from a secondhand store. And as soon as they got it home, strange things started to happen almost immediately. So like the radio in the kid's room began switching stations on its own. Uh, the children saw an ugly old woman in their room with long black hair and a glow and they, her eyes glue like uh, glue like fire uh doors banged open and shut a chair rocked by itself disembodied voices were heard throughout the house in the room and it was just really strange because like i said it just started immediately that they put this bunk bed in and this is really spooky. So the kids claimed that these red eyes would stare at them from the corner of their room. So they would like wake up and look, and then these red eyes would just peer out. Ooh, <laughs> now, uh, I don't know about you, no. what do you guys think about that so far? That's pretty scary for a little kid. By the way, these kids were, one was like eight, one was like 10. So it's <laughs> yeah. pretty young, right? That is terrifying. And that would right. scar me as a kid. So just a side note really quick. I went down a rabbit hole trying to find where they got this bunk bed from. Because remember, I told you it's from a secondhand store. So I tried to find out, did they get it from like a satanic cult? Like it was a bunk bed in a satanic cult's house. Nope. I emailed the Horicon police. No one got back to me, so it's kind of lame. So both dead ends. But moving forward, <laughs> and this is this is great. This the, the family was at day and night. It was like I said, doors banging, uh, chairs rocking, eyes peering out 
from corners of rooms, you know, especially, like I said, mostly in the kids' room. So what what do you do, obviously, when you have the devil <laughs> possessing your bunk bed? Well, you call a priest, right? So what Sounds right. Did, right, you call a priest. So they called uh, Pastor Reverend uh, Wayne Dobritz. Again, sorry if I mispronounce it. <laughs> this is great. So he did a walk through the house. And what do you think he said, Megan and Brooke? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even <laughs> what sure. What the he devil say? is in the house. Oh. So, the house is by the devil, obviously, <laughs> right? Come on. What I mean, what else here? would you think? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he did an exorcism. One thing it does not mention if it worked or not, but I, I, I don't think it worked because a few days later, I have an exact date, by the way, January 11th, 1988, uh, a relative of the family uh, spent the evening at the house helping Debbie, who was the, the mother, uh, put the, with the children, you know, putting the uh, kids, you know, to bed and everything. And he was a skeptic. Boo. Uh, and what Boo. he saw, <laughs> he was a believer that night because that night a horrific figure materialized in the bedroom like I said, when he's putting the children to bed. That's going to change your mind pretty damn quick. And it wasn't the old woman. It didn't say what it was. All it said was in the article that it was just this scary figure that just suddenly just appeared in the room. So let's get to the fun stuff, though. (laughs) This is Wisconsin, people. Okay, so if you're not familiar with Wisconsin... Or live in, or if you don't live in Wisconsin, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But if you live in Wisconsin, this will be like, yeah. <laughs> so this drunk guy shows up. Yep, let's check it out, out already. Of, <laughs> right? With a Bible. And he uh, tried to get into the house to perform an exorcism. For some re- weird reason, they let him in and the exorcism didn't work well. Oh, shocker. <laughs> Wow. He probably couldn't pronounce his Latin words well enough. He's slurring them. So imagine that. You're just sitting at home. There's a knock on the door. And there's this drunk guy shows up. and <laughs> says, hey, you know, I can help you with that. So uh, let me try. And then, oh, sure. Come on in. So <laughs> that sounds like an average. Yeah. Just an yeah, average Wisconsin Tuesday. hospitality. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the other quick things with this, too, I, did, I didn't put down here, but I remember. People were saying that they would see the snowblower, like, go by itself and snowblow the, the <laughs> driveway. So they had to possess snowblower, Thanks. too. Oh, yeah. so it's a helpful He's ghost. Helpful. And, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, it's a helpful demon. Like, look at this snow. I got to help out. Um, the other thing <laughs> is people would show up randomly and just knock on their door and be like, hey, can I see the devil? Can you show me the devil? Um, people sure. uh, would want to sleep on the bunk bed too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, come on in. This come on in. hospitality. So, come on in, Derry. I don't know if either of you are like me, but the devil says, get the F out, I'm out. How about you two? If, if somebody <laughs> says, like, get out, like a demon voice, oh, yeah. Would you get out? Oh, oh yeah. I'm yeah. out of there in a I second. Would, yeah. Not be looking back. No. Okay. <laughs> Neither. So check this out. The Talaman family didn't get out until nine months later. <laughs> That's impressive, honestly. Yeah. So they left in the middle 
of winter, in the dead of winter. And again, if you're in Wisconsin, you know, in the middle of the dead of winter, it's creepy as hell anyway, because it's just cold and it's dark and it's just, you know, just eerie, right? And they just ran out of the house. They left everything and they just took off. Man. So the thing is, Unsolved Mysteries, I know it's making a comeback on Netflix. We uh, love Unsolved they, Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they did one of their first episodes. Uh, it was season one, uh, first season, uh, episode three, which I watched on Netflix. Typical <laughs> 80s uh, horror kind of. Like, it wasn't really scary as more you laugh at it. You got to go on YouTube. Um, I was actually able to circumvent it <laughs> and get a free it for free. But I do think nice. you have to pay for it. But it's worth it. Trust me. Um and they did the house uh, as a Halloween episode, obviously, on October 26, 1988. Oh, uh, perfect. So it's, yeah. So it's an interesting thing you can check out. Um, I, I just found the whole thing really funny. But here's the even creepy and spooky part, okay? Nobody knows where these bunk beds are. No one has an idea where they are, okay? It's interesting. <laughs> no one knows if they've been destroyed. Or they're in the, um, I don't know, sheriff's department or someone bought it. So what do you think about that? What do you, let me ask both of you, uh, Brooke, first, where do you think those bunk beds are? Well, I'm a little worried that they're in like my right. friend's cabin or something. <laughs> <laughs> or that they will be someday. Yeah. Right. How about you, Megan? Where do you think they are? One thing I'm wondering is, instead of leaving your house, wouldn't you think that you would get rid of the bunk bed first? Like, maybe, hmm, this is what, you know, sparked all of this crazy stuff that happened. Maybe we should, you know, burn it or throw it on the side of the road. That's but, true. Yeah. You know, exactly. I hope it's not in another secondhand store. But be careful with what you're buying from Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I was convinced that Ed and Lorraine Warren, and if you're familiar with the paranormal or have watched any of the Conjuring movies, you know who they are. They're the big demon players in the field or were because they're, they've passed. I swear to God that they must have bought it, but no news on that. And then I thought, um, ghost, uh, ghost adventures Baggins. I thought he bought mm. it. No, no information about that either. So, Interesting. I don't know where they are. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, so be careful. Now, here's the thing. I went on Zillow. I looked at the house. Basically, nothing's happened. It's kind of lame. Everyone just says, hey, this was a house that was haunted. Everybody's like, no, I'm fine. Nothing has <laughs> happened since then. Uh, the bunk beds, I guess, are gone. <laughs> yeah, it's all about uh, the bunk been, beds. Yeah, there's been nothing... Um, about it it's just just if you look go on zillow it's just a regular old wisconsin home nothing special um so that's it from the bunk bed from hell what did you think of that <laughs> it's very interesting i i never would have thought of a a cursed object being a bunk bed yes <laughs> i'm wondering what was haunted about it if it was someone like putting a curse on it when they were making it or if it was like a haunted tree that it was made out of yeah, that's what Megan said, right? Did you yeah. Say Megan? Yeah, I did. I was thinking about that same thing. It's like, did it come that way? Or did something attach itself to the bunk bed? It's hard to know. Yeah. 
I just, again, I just picture like this Satanist coming into the secondhand store and they're unloading the bug bed. You know, they have this creepy dark robes on and this creepy makeup. And they're like, hey, excuse me, um, can I give you this bunk bed? <laughs> <laughs> right. Sell it for a good oh. price. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Uh, sure, what the hell? <laughs> okay, so we're going to get on to Summer Wind here in just a second. Next episode, if we have time, I even have a better one. The toaster that was possessed <laughs> by the devil. Wow. <laughs> so you thought the bunk batter was bad. The toaster is even worse. <laughs> the toaster is even worse. <laughs> Can't wait, John. Anyway, so let's get on to our main topic. Uh, we're going to start with Brooke. And like I said, our main topic is the mysterious summer wind. So, Brooke, take it away. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Summer wind is kind of like. If you live in Wisconsin and you're into the paranormal, like everyone has heard of it, but I feel like I had never really looked into it much. I knew about the the first story we'll talk about, a certain person maybe firing a gun at a paranormal entity. That's the only thing I really knew about it, though, and yeah. that it had burned down since then. So it was really interesting getting to do a little bit more research on it and found some very interesting stuff. So we're kind of splitting this into three sections. So I'm going to talk about the kind of beginning and the first family who lived there, then I'll pass it on to Megan. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple interesting sources first that I found. Um, One, and I'll talk about this later, but um, the paranormal investigators of Milwaukee actually did a investigation there fairly recently in 2019, which we'll talk about kind of at the end of the episode. Um, So their blog post was really interesting. Um, and then a couple interesting sources for photos, because it's kind of hard to find good photos of Summerwind. Um, mm. But the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel online had some good pictures um, of it actually burning, which I had never seen before. And then there was this um, forum called the Chicago Garage that had some really interesting photos of the ruins like more recently. So I thought that was cool, too. And then I wanted to give a special shout out to this blog that I found called lamontsummerwindmansion.blogspot.com. This is someone who, um, they put this whole blog out in 2013, but they were really dedicated to finding like very uh, more credible resources when it comes to Summerwind and the history of it. And I really appreciated like they put kind of everything into one blog. Um, it had like newspaper clips and um, really interesting photos and all this stuff in it, which I really appreciated because it's kind of hard to, co- it's hard to find um, yeah. sources that are not from like, oh, spookystories.com. And it's just like mm-hmm. the same stuff over and over again. So yeah, um, exactly. yeah. so I really appreciated like the more credible stuff that they were adding to their blog. So shout out to them as well. I don't know if they're still interested in Summerwind. Like I said, it was 2013, but it was very helpful. Um, so I'm going to start by talking about the history of Summerwind. So Formerly known as the Lamont Mansion, it's located on the shores of West Bay Lake in Vilas County in Wisconsin. It is very up north. Um, Literally, if you look at where it's located, you could like throw a rock to Michigan, like the Upper Peninsula. It's it's pretty much as far north as you can get in Wisconsin. And it wasn't known as Summerwind. I thought that was kind of interesting. It wasn't known as Summerwind until a book called The Carver Effect came out much later in 1979. Hmm. which I know that Megan will be mentioning too. And I think we'll come back to this book, but um, the locals have actually always known of it as the Lamont mansion, even still to this day, 
Um, that's how they refer to it. Before it became a mansion, it was said to be a fishing lodge located on 80 acres of land. Um, I couldn't really find a source for this. Um, it, this is kind of what it says everywhere, like in Wikipedia and everything, but I couldn't find like where that specific piece of information came from. But um, <clears throat> it's pretty well, um, or it's pretty accepted that Robert Lamont purchased the land in 1916, all 80 acres of it, and then had it converted to a summer home for his family. So Robert Lamont was actually the Secretary of Commerce who served under Herbert Hoover, President Hoover. And um, his wife was named Helen, and they had three kids, um, a one son, Robert Lamont Jr., and then two daughters, Gertrude and Dorothy. So he was, they were kind of living in D.C. for the most part at this time when they bought the mansion, um, or well, they turned it into a mansion, and then um, this was kind of meant to be their summer home. The mansion is located in a very isolated area, kind of like I said, especially at the time, it was very hard to reach due to road conditions and very heavy snowfall. Um, as we know, I mean, it snows a lot even where we are, and this is way more north, and we know that winter kind of lasts from like November until April. So for the most part, it was very difficult for people to get to. So I think it's kind of important to remember that um, this was a very remote location. So uh, as people kind of have these experiences moving forward in these stories, like how much of it could maybe be attributed to a little bit of psychosis because things right. are, you know, they're not anywhere near anyone else <laughs> up there. So yeah. kind of interesting. Um, a little bit about the layout. So it's kind of hard to find. Um, I was hoping to find uh, like a floor plan or something. And I did read somewhere that uh, Fox Valley Paranormal Investigators actually have access to the original floor plans, but I couldn't oh, find wow. them online. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And it's, yeah. if they do have those, it's kind of interesting that they wouldn't publish them because that would be really cool to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so I was kind of just trying to piece some stuff together sure. from different sources that I could find. So there was a, a newspaper article in the Milwaukee Journal in 1985. This I actually found from that blog I mentioned earlier. And a quote from that was that Summer Wind was once a gracious home with elegant mahogany and silk furniture that hosted Hoover and President Warren G. Harding. Wow. Which I thought was interesting because I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find any other sources that said that Hoover had ever been there. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but it's mentioned it like so casually in this newspaper article that I was like, <laughs> well, it, maybe it's true then. I don't know why they would report on it if it wasn't. But right. kind of cool to think that one of the presidents had maybe been there um and then summer wind apparently according to the same article had 20 rooms um which is interesting because if you look at a lot of the more popular pictures of it i always would look at them and be like is it a mansion because it just kind of looks like a rundown old house like <laughs> yeah. before it burned down right but i did find a couple photos of the mansion that as you can see it from the lake and it looks gigantic like it's it it's a much different yeah it's a much different experience when you see it from that angle um, so in that regard, I was like, okay, I could see where it would have 20 rooms because I was a little bit confused by that for a bit. But um, the mansion faces the lake and it used to have um, a dock for boats. Uh, the master bedroom is above the kitchen and face the driveway. It had three large chimneys, um, which are at this point the only parts of the structure that are still standing. Um, actually, only two of them, not all three of them. Mm -hmm. And it also had a guest quarters and a large basement. And there was a kind of separate building off to the side where the servants and 
um, caretakers lived. So apparently also I found the mansion had no electricity for at least oh. the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That the Lamonts really? lived there. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my God. I read that the first home with electricity that was in the area, the Land O'Lakes area was not built until 1922. So this was before that. And I'm not sure I'm, I'm assuming at some point they had electricity <laughs> installed, but I couldn't find at what point that happened. So so yeah, so while the Lamonts were there, they were pretty much living by like candlelight, um, which and is interesting. Just, just really quickly, you know when the I don't know uh, if you ever had to do this when the power's been out for a while and you're walking with a candle down the hall. Imagine this huge oh, mansion. I'll mm -hmm. use candlelight because that's yeah. something you know. You got to remember. It's not like modern day houses that were built with like a lot of windows and so let in light natural light. You might have one window in the living room, right? Right. And this, yeah, you're walking up the stairs and you know, you see this light coming towards you and this shadowy figure. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, super creepy. That's like the stuff horror movies are made of, I yeah. feel like. And and then you, you feel like you can't leave because everything is just yeah. covered in two feet of snow. So, yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah really just interesting. Stay in bed at that yeah, point, right? Yeah, <laughs> not getting up. up. Yeah, Put the covers Agreed. over your head. There you go. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the alleged haunting of the Lamans. So supposedly, according to the legend, the servants who lived on the premises would see a ghostly phantom of a woman walking around the grounds. But at the time that they started saying this, Robert did not believe them. However, one night in the mid-1930s, while he and his wife were eating dessert in the kitchen, they heard uh, the door to the basement opening and kind of like shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Very spooky. That's what they heard. Yeah, that's what they heard. That's for sure what they heard. <laughs> um, so Robert wanting to protect his family because he has his three kids there yeah. too, remember? He grabbed a gun and he headed to the door where he, according to legend, saw someone and took two shots and then the person disappeared. So he shot at a ghost. Mm. And Interestingly, these bullet holes were supposedly found later on after the Lamonts moved out. So they thought that this was like a, a oh, nice. solid story. Um, I did actually find two photos of the supposed bullet holes taken by a member of the Wausau Paranormal Research Society oh, in 1987. Um, but I couldn't find any other photos of these alleged bullet holes. And mm -hmm. even the pictures on the mm -hmm. Wausau Paranormal Research Society website were like, like it, it was like yeah maybe that could be bullet holes but it also yeah. could have been someone like stabbing the door with a screwdriver like this is much later so i think the wood was very um not very intact anymore so i don't know it's like it could right. be bullet holes but also yeah. i don't know if we can really clarify that but um after this incident again according to the legend the lamont supposedly fled the house pretty much immediately and they never returned however right. I want to say I could not find anything regarding, first of all, the when this happened. So most sources say the mid-1930s. There's nothing even remotely, like, exact. Um, like, there is no, like, specific date or even year that mm. can be attributed to this incident happening. Yeah. And I'm questioning, and I think Megan might talk about this guy, but Carl is actually the brother of 
someone who owned the mansion a little later on. Um, I think it's Ginger Hinshaw. So her brother Carl actually claimed that he, while he was visiting, smelled gunpowder and went downstairs and actually saw like a ghost apparition of Mr. Lamont actually shooting at nothing. Yeah, so he... So he said that this happened and then he saw the bullet holes. So that's what he assumed had transpired. Um, But it, I don't know if like, that's where the original story came from and no one ever really, cause I I couldn't find anything about um, Robert Lamont ever having like publicly said that he had seen a ghost, um, any information that they had for sure fled the building. Um, And even, I even looked into like the three kids to see if they had ever made any statement about the mansion being haunted, but I couldn't find anything from any of the three of them either. So it's really interesting. It seemed like this whole story about the Lamont's family didn't really, it wasn't really public knowledge until after Carl had like talked about it, which I just thought was kind of interesting. So Um, I I have a quick theory. (laughs) This is the way my mind works. You know how people in the 1900s were all pale and stuff like that and wear these creepy <laughs> long night gowns and everything like that? Yeah. Imagine if it was like Cousin Billy. <laughs> oh, no. Right? Upstairs, and he's all pale and everything. He didn't tell them they were coming or they didn't know he was there because it's a huge mansion. And Lamont just shot him. <laughs> right? And then he and then he covered it up by saying, oh, it, it was a ghost. <laughs> right? Since there's not no what you're seeing. Yeah. There's no evidence. There's no, like, there's not really anything you can set, point to, like, oh, someone died be- during construction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing, too, is, yeah, it's like, why, <laughs> why was this place even haunted? Because there wasn't. Exactly. It wasn't built on any kind of like, you know, Native American burial grounds or anything like they sometimes yeah. say. There was no one who died there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I later on, again, I think Megan might talk about this, too. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But I think um, the claim was that Jeremy Carver, I think it's Jeremy, um, like an old um, explorer was actually haunting the building because he... Hmm had apparently had claim to the land like there was a Uh, deed saying that he should have owned this land and that that existed somewhere in Summerwind and some kind of black box and he haunted the mansion because he like was mad that he didn't have access to this land or whatever but um but yeah even that um well we can again we can talk about it later but supposedly Jeremy Carver actually never explored that in far north in wisconsin and also he wasn't mm-hmm. even buried in the united states at all so why would his ghost be there <laughs> but, yeah, um, a little, little suspicious yeah a little a odd little yeah um one other thing i thought this was funny so that blog that i was talking about this is a yeah. quote from that person who did tons of research on the mansion over time and they specifically said in the blog I'm having a great difficulty finding anything related to the mansion during the period from 1916 to 1930 or so. I would like to find a source which mentions the quote unquote kitchen shooting as I can't understand where this information has originated from. Right. And I was like, yeah, same. I also cannot find anything. So kind of interesting. Um, But moving on, the mansion apparently laid vacant for a long time after the Lamonts supposedly fled the property. So the Lamonts... um, According to most sources, say they owned the property until 1948 when Robert Lamont actually passed away um, and that they hadn't entered it again for pretty much like two decades. From, oh, gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. So like from the, I don't know, 1930 to 1950 ish. 
it pretty much no one was there. Um, but something that I thought was interesting was that, um, so that's like the kind of story again, that you see in everything like haunted Wisconsin books, haunted mm -hmm. this, haunted that. But when I read an article from the Milwaukee journal in 1985, again, this was from that blog. Um, and this was a published news article. They had actually interviewed this woman named Caroline Ashby, who was from the Land O'Lakes area. And she said that her family actually owned the mansion just before World War II, so the early 40s, and that she stayed there as a kid. And at the time, no one actually considered the mansion haunted. Um, and at that time, the mansion was already in disrepair and infested with bats, according Aww. to her. Oh. So it's this sad. Is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's sad that it kind of like went... Um, I don't know, kind of became so dilapidated so quickly, but also interesting that like, I, apparently, you know, most people think that the Lamonts owned it until 1948, but apparently there was a whole other family living there for a couple of years that no one even really knew about or no one talks about. <laughs> um, another person in the same article named Jerry E. Sparks, he said that he actually lived there with his dad, who was the caretaker for the mansion in the 1930s. And they lived in the kind of the side house for the servants and caretakers. And he also said that he didn't remember the mansion being haunted or anyone talking about the mansion being haunted either. Another res resident, Jean Newth, so this is more recent as well, he said that people started saying the mansion was haunted only after it was abandoned and no one said that while it was occupied. So mm -hmm. one thing I'll say, <laughs> I just wanted to throw this in there, but this place had so many freaking owners. <laughs> like people would... Right apparently put a down payment down and then they would just ditch it and even as late as 1985 people like didn't know who actually owned it and they were like hey we want to burn this place down but like who even owns this property yeah, they had to like, like track down the people so it was really interesting mm. um just how much this place was kind of passed around so i think that kind of like you know lends itself to the haunted thing too is oh, like people yeah. didn't want to keep it they didn't want to stay there um but eventually, in 1948, Summerwind was purchased and kept by uh, Lillian Kiefer and her husband. So they had the mansion um, kind of in there, or they owned it for a long time. They never lived there on a permanent basis, which a lot of people kind of say was more evidence to it being haunted. But um, knowing that in the early 1940s, it was already infested with bats, I'm kind of like, I understand why oh. they wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, some reports say that Miss Kiefer said she never felt safe at the property. So she left the mansion and left all of her belongings there, telling neighbors that they could take whatever they wanted, but that she wouldn't be held responsible if something bad happened to them. <laughs> kind Ooh. of interesting. Nice. Yeah. And then that same article from earlier also did mention one neighbor who did kind of have a paranormal experience. So when she was visiting Mrs. Kiefer right after they had purchased the mansion, um, she said she saw a big army overcoat laying on a bed. And then later, like an hour later, she passed by the same room and it was just her and Mrs. Kiefer and Mrs. Kiefer hadn't been in there that the coat had actually disappeared and it freaked her out enough that she never went back. Wow. So she did have kind of a weird experience there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after Mr. Kiefer died, Mrs. Kiefer actually divided the land up and sold everything. So remember, it was 80 acres of land. So wow. they sold a bunch of different lots. And the land, I guess, that had Summerwind on it kept being diverted back to Mrs. Kiefer because people couldn't keep up with the payments. So that's kind of why I got another reason why I got tossed around a lot. But it eventually did get purchased, though, by the Hinshaw family. And now I will pass it off to Megan, who's going to talk about that. 
All right. Thank thanks, Brooke. Yeah. 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 That was really super interesting. And I'm still going with my cousin Billy story. They killed him. Yeah. They left. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Maybe All right. To hear your part now. Sounds good. All right. In the, uh, in 1969, the Hinshaw family actually purchased Summerwind. So they're the next family that owned it. And they only stayed there for six months, which is an extremely short period of time. But I do understand why they ended up leaving because they experienced some of the craziest, most intense paranormal activity that has ever really been reported in the mansion. And I'm going to talk about that today. Nice. So in this family, there were eight people. There was Arnold, the father. Ginger, the mother, and then they had six children. So you would think this is like the perfect place to raise nope. a nice big family. Yeah. No, I, I'll go. I'll go over that. It, it was no. a complete nightmare for them. It's you know, even when they moved in, like immediately there were red flags. Like when Ginger first saw the mansion, the first thing that she said when she saw it was, "I feel in love with this house in the most awful way." Isn't that such like an interesting Ooh. thing to say? Yeah. That is an interesting thing to say. Yeah, even she had like weird vibes about it <laughs> before she even really moved in. And even after the family moved in, they started experiencing these really crazy, unexplained paranormal paranormal happenings. So all the members of the family started seeing these vague shapes. They saw shadows. They saw full body apparitions. And the most spooky of those apparitions was this one woman who would float back and forth between the French doors by their dining room. Another weird thing that happened is they would report that they would smell perfume in the air. Oh, oh Yeah, just uh, out of nowhere. Maybe it was the perfume of that woman who was floating yeah. back and forth on the French yeah, door. That, yeah. does happen. Maybe. that does happen. That is reported. Yeah. And another interesting thing I read is that they would hear these mumbled voices going on, but when they would walk in the room to see what was happening, the voices would just stop. It's like mm. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, another thing they reported is that the lights would go on and off by themselves. So they must have had electricity at that time. So it'd be interesting to research when the house did get electricity, but another yeah. Super interesting thing that I learned is that some of the rooms in the house would feel freezing, even in the summer. And uh -huh. for people who are familiar with Wisconsin, Wisconsin summers do get pretty hot. Yes. So having, you very know, humid. ice cold rooms is very odd. Very yeah. odd. <laughs> so, of course, the family, you know, they wanted this to be their dream house. And they thought, you know, maybe we're just imagining things. But more things started to happen, like appliances would break down, um, and then they'd call a repair person, but then it would magically repair itself before the service person came. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, windows and doors were opening and closing by themselves, and one time, this one window, it kept opening and closing, and it was driving Arnold, the father, completely nuts. So he took this heavy nail, and he nailed it into the window and shut it because he's like, you know, we're done with this. So he right, right, nailed yeah. it shut and it finally stayed, stayed closed. But there's <laughs> just that one window that would, would open by itself and it was driving him nuts. So the Hinshaws, they were super de determined to make this historical house work for them despite all these strange things occurring. And I mean, this was their dream house. They wanted to make yeah. it work and raise yeah. their family I in it. it. But yeah, but what they really struggled with was 
they tried to hire workers to come in and fix up the place, but nobody would stay and work on the house. People would just straight refuse to work yeah. on it, which is interesting. Um, like renovators would just leave halfway through the projects and some of them claimed, we just won't work on this house. There's too many bizarre things going on. And some of them even went so far as to fake being sick so that they wouldn't have to show up to work. <laughs> I'm sick, I can't Thank you. Yeah, it's, they were they were desperate not to work on the house. So yeah. finally, the Hinshaws were like, you know, screw it. We're just going to do this housework ourselves. Yeah. We don't have to hire anybody. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, but this is one of the craziest stories that I was able to find from Summerwind. One day, Arnold was painting this closet in one of the bedrooms. And in the closet, there was this large shoe drawer that was installed in the back of the closet. And Arnold decided, I'm going to pull it out so that I can paint behind it. Oh, but when course. he pulled it out, he saw that there was this dark space behind the drawer. So mm. he was like, oh, you know, what was this? You know, didn't of see course, it before. Right? He had to go investigate it. So he has his wife, Ginger, bring him a flashlight and he takes a look. And the second he looks in there, he jumps and he's completely disgusted because he sees something furry in there and he thought maybe an animal had gotten in and died um but he couldn't quite see what it was he he was just mm. too big to squeeze into the oh the God. space yeah no kidding so mm -hmm. what any dad would do he recruits his daughter <laughs> mary oh, no. Brooke, to Megan, go in he's like you know, out. <laughs> get the daughter to do it you know who honey, knows what it here. is come yeah here, honey so <laughs> They tell the daughter, all right, come back, come here and we'll take a look at what's inside the closet. So Mary, the daughter, she grabs the flashlight and she crawls inside this little dark space. But moments later, she lets out this big scream and she found what the legend says appeared to be a human corpse. What oh. Mary pulled out of the closet was what she says appeared to be a human skull with black hair still on it oh Ooh. very suspicious yeah so one, yeah one thing i wanted to ask you two about is the hinshaw family never called the police about this mm. supposed skull that they found which is a little bit suspicious so why yeah. they never called the authorities not sure why um was the story concocted to fit you know those scary stories sure. of summer wind or was this a real body that was the result of a crime that yeah. took place yeah that's interesting too that like i mean the the mansion was pretty much not used or it was pretty much vacant for like decades before they moved there so it's like if it was behind a wall wouldn't it have happened during like the construction which i mm. don't know it's just yeah. <clears throat> the timing of it is a little odd because i feel like if a skull has hair still connected to it that implies that it's kind of more recent because yeah. you don't otherwise it would have all deteriorated so i don't know i don't know if i buy it so one thing um i don't know if you hear any news stories about this but some people will try to break into homes or they'll do like a santa claus and they'll try to go through the chimney and get stuck <laughs> right. I, don't know, I don't know if that's i have heard about that but some people will try to go through the walls to get in because they don't want to be seen because they're robbing the place. Mm -hmm. So that's true. What's weird though, you're exactly right. 
uh, Megan, why wouldn't they call the police? Because I'd be like, hey, I don't want you guys, someone buys this house and then they find the body or whatever we hide it. Mm-hmm. And people think we did it. No, yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's one you thing that occurred to me. If if you find this corpse in the house, it's like, hmm, all these haunted happenings have been happening. Maybe we should put yeah. this corpse to rest and bury right. it yeah. in the ground. Maybe that would have fixed things. So hey, just side note, when was this? This was the 80s or 60s? This was the 60s. Okay. So or, oh no, the they it didn't was have the 70s, DNA. pardon me. Oh, 70s. Yeah. So they still didn't have any DNA evidence that they could take this thing and you know what I'm saying? Like in modern yeah. day where you could do a DNA and then be like, oh, hey, it's, you know, whoever, or, you know, we found this person. Yeah. But it's still, y- y- why wouldn't you call the police? That makes no sense. Yeah. I that will, is odd. I'll also talk about this later. They go back and they check to see if it's still there. And I'll yeah. tell you what happens later on. But it's, it's just interesting that they just. They saw the corpse and they just put it right back yeah. in. They're like, you know, just, out of sight, out of mind. Hey, yeah. Hey, honey, just put that right back in there. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. Don't thanks. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we're about it. Good night, hon. Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, John, this is where things start to get a lot crazier because after they found this supposed skull in the closet, things just took a turn for the worst. Quite frankly, Arnold, the father, he just completely lost his shit. He started staying up late at night and he was playing this Hammond organ that the couple had purchased before um, moving into the house. And now if you take a step back, playing the organ and the piano was something that he really loved doing. He used to play it, you know, for fun. Yes. (laughs) Love Love it. But this time, just like that music recording, his music was completely frenzied and he'd play it really loud throughout the night. So mind you, he's staying up all night playing the organ, not letting anybody sleep. And, you know, this is disturbing Ginger, his wife. She's begging him to stop. Please come to come to bed. But the interesting thing is Arnold told Ginger, if I stop playing something bad is going to happen. The demons in my head are telling me to keep playing. That's why I have to keep playing. Mm. And oh, man. she's completely frightened that he's just going off the rails. You know, sometimes mm. Ginger would get all of the children together in a single room and they all sleep together because they're completely afraid of their deranged father staying up all night, yeah. playing the organ long into the night. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Arnold, he just, he suffered a complete mental breakdown. He's getting angry. He's withdrawn. He's emotionless. He stops showing up to his job. So Mm. he eventually loses his job. He's not paying the bills. He's sleeping all day. He's staying up playing the organ all night. It it just was completely out of control. And there was this one interesting story that I found. You know, he's completely off the rails and one day he was under the impression that one of his daughters had hid hidden his hammer when they didn't and so what he did in his mind he's like okay how we're gonna fix this he went out and he found the daughter's pet raccoon and he killed it as a punishment and that's so mean yeah what i found is he did it to quote quote prove a point that's what he said so Really sad. Yeah, so yeah. Where's that? Yeah, you can see why Ginger. She's like completely beside herself. You know, she, some attempt 
or some accounts even say that she even contemplated committing suicide in the oh. Summerwind Mansion. So oh. the stress was just too much for her. Yeah. And so she ended up sending Arnold away for treatment, which is probably the best thing for him. The and best thing, yeah. Yeah, Ginger and the children, they ended up moving to Granton, Wisconsin with Ginger's parents. So mm, they Ginger and Arnold did end up getting a divorce and Ginger remarried to a man named George who will come into the story later. Okay. Interesting. So Ginger, she's completely terrified of this house. They don't live there anymore. But a few years later, Ginger's father, his name is Raymond Von Bobber. I believe that's how you say his name. <laughs> I love yes. that name. Von Bobber, yes. Von Bobber. <laughs> so Ginger's father, he announces his plans. I'm going to turn Summerwind into a bed and breakfast. I'm going to breathe Great new life idea. into it. Like, that makes sense. It's completely haunted. But let's make it into attraction, right? Yeah. So yeah okay. He thought that this mansion would attract guests to its super scenic location and they'd love it and it would be a great business opportunity. Mm. And keep in mind, at this time, he had no idea that Ginger and her family had been completely terrified in this house. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, let's buy it. Let's renovate it. <laughs> Ginger is begging him, please don't buy Summerwind. It's not worth it. Don't do it. But Raymond, he does it anyways. You know, of course. He, <laughs> he even acknowledged like, okay, yeah, maybe this place is haunted. But I, I don't really care. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so he actually, like Brooke mentioned earlier, he claimed that he thought he, that he knew who the identity of the ghost haunting the place was. And it was uh, a man named Jonathan Carver. Oh, Jonathan oh, Carver. Yes. Um, I said Jeremy earlier. <laughs> Jonathan Carver. He's an 18th century British explorer. And Raymond claimed that he might have been haunting Summer Wind because he was looking for um, like uh, some sort of deed that was hidden within the house. So mm. that, that was his... Uh, theory and he even wrote a book on it it's called the carver effect which came out in 1979 and i actually went on amazon to see if i could find it and there is a hardcover selling for 300 dollars, and it's oh. very difficult to find so i saw that it's, it's crazy right. <laughs> yeah it is not currently in print so it's really hard to find but yeah. the funny thing is that he wrote this book and none of the locals took him seriously they thought that this was some like shit he was making up to yeah you know sure make money off of so like Brooke yeah. was saying it's like some stories in this whole thing is like there's some stretching of truth and people not mm -hmm. believing and yeah yeah it's kind of up well, to you to decide I, what you yeah, believe exactly. one other thing too that i read about this period of time and why the locals didn't believe him was that the i guess the von bobers or whatever like raymond and his wife never even like went into the mansion they lived like in a camper on the premises but they didn't like go into it at all so they were like how would he even know that this place is like supposedly haunted right. like he just kind of seemed like he was making it up for clout a little bit um yeah it's yeah interesting. it's interesting so again a lot of these stories are just uh, alleged accounts so yeah yeah anyways so Raymond decides he's going to buy Summerwind. And one day he, his son, Carl, his daughter, Ginger, and Ginger's new husband, George, they all went exploring the house. And George actually spots that same closet that I was talking about, allegedly oh, no. with the skull in it. And so yep. Carl climbs into the space and he takes a look around and it's empty. Ooh. It's like, what, what happened here? It's like, was the 
skull ever real? Was it removed? Was it by removed by a person? Was it never there at all? So it's right. not quite sure what happened there. Yeah, I mean, if you think someone would remove it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe interesting. You know, what would be super creepy if the dad came back. Uh, and like you know, grabbed oh, it. Oh yeah, out of there, like you know, be crazy. Yeah, again, it's it's too it's that's just too weird. Like you know, if Arnold just said, "Hey, oh, I gotta get that out of there," and went back and got it, and then it's like my bunk bed from hell. Where's yep. the body? <laughs> never know. Never found out who it was, if it even existed. Ah, that's freaky, right? Oh, yeah. man, I love it. Anyways, so the plans to turn this mansion into a bed and breakfast, you can guess it, did not go very smoothly. Workers no! got to stay on the job. They were <laughs> complaining that their tools were going missing. They thought they were being watched. And the funny thing is that Marie, who is Raymond's wife, also agreed with their complaints. And she's like, I, I can't be in this house. Like, I feel like I'm being followed everywhere I go. So mm. everyone's just completely uncomfortable in this house. So you can kind of sense this reoccurring theme going on. But one of the disturbances that I thought was the most crazy out of all of the stories that I've read is that apparently the rooms in the house would change sizes. So it was impossible to measure oh, them. Wow. Because the construction crews would measure them. And then the next day, they'd be a completely different size. Like mm. this one point... Raymond estimated that he could put a restaurant within Summer Wind that would seat 150 people. But then when okay. he compared it to the original blueprints of Summer Wind, he realized that the same space would only fit half as many people. So hmm. not, not sure what is occurring with that, but the changing of the room sizes, you know, it drove the oh, construction yeah. crews crazy. They didn't want to work on yeah. it. It was too much, you know, too much work to keep mm. remeasuring. Mm, Another interesting. interesting thing I found is that they would take photographs of the house with the same camera only a few seconds apart and there would be variations between the photos, which is interesting. Like one time Raymond took a photo of the living room and compared mm. it with one that Ginger had taken when they lived there. In Ginger's photo, it showed these curtains that were hanging up on the windows and she had taken them down when they moved out. But Raymond's photo years later showed the same curtains in that photo, even though they weren't hung up. So it's like, how is that possible? Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So all these things are going on and this is funny, but life magazine gets wind <laughs> of the story. Ha ha. Ha ha. There. Hard pun. Life magazine finds out about Summer Wind and the mansion actually makes the top nine most haunted locations in the U.S. They write an article about it. And as you can imagine, the feature got a ton of attention um, and it wasn't long where people were, you know, flocking to the house. They wanted to check it out, you know, thrill seekers and teenagers wanting to throw parties in there. And the increased traffic that came to the property, the property just completely put summer wind into ruin because you know no one was really living there or maintaining it and yeah. that's kind of the start of the demise to the whole building mm. right that's that is amazing uh broken megan i just so much 
there's alleged stuff, but it's just so creepy, all the things that they found. And, and it's really interesting to me that Life Magazine came out and did a story on it. I think that's interesting. And just all the owners going back and forth and who owns it and who doesn't own it, that's, that's really strange. I do, um, do want to say regarding... So I kind of had... I wanted to mention this towards the end, but I, I feel like it makes sense here. Yeah, go ahead. I was curious about um, like the timing of everything because I read that that book, The Carver Effect, came out in 1979 and that <laughs> the Life magazine feature just happened to be a year later. And I, out of curiosity, looked up when the Amityville horror novel came out. And it actually came out in 1977. Um, So two years before the Carver effect. Um, So we can discuss this more later, but I just find the timing kind of interesting. Because to me, like... As the... Like, as the Hinshaw family and, like, the Von Bober family... um, Raymond being Ginger's dad, like, wouldn't it make sense of, like, let's say your daughter purchased this property that maybe was in disrepair and they were Mm -hmm. having troubles renovating it and they were losing money on it. Well, how about let's tell the story about how Ginger's husband went crazy and did all these crazy things and put it out as a story about this haunting and then get people Mm -hmm. to come there and buy the book and be really interested in it. And then all of a sudden you're making money off of this whole story and you know yeah. it's all about how your family was kind of like the heroes in the situation. I don't. I just find it interesting. interesting I will say. Um, so absolutely, because uh, it seems like all of the legitimate stories of hauntings, um, like all the actual like first person cases, came from this one family. Like everyone else was like, yeah, we didn't think it was haunted. Yada yeah. yada yada. And everything right. kind of stems from the Hinshaws mm-hmm. slash Von Bobers, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just think it's kind of odd that like that everything odd. would only come from that one group, but yeah, but yeah, we can talk about that a little bit yeah, more. We'll, we'll bring that up and everything. Yeah. Uh, love it. Um, I'm going to cover the eighties now um, to present. So in 19, this is funny. In 1988, uh, summer wind was struck by lightning twice now (laughs) what i think is really interesting about that is like that's really strange to me that it got struck twice because usually lightning and now i'm gonna be a science nerd usually lightning will strike um, the highest point on top of a hill so that's why they say if it's a thunderstorm you don't go running up a hill and stand by a tree (laughs) right (laughs) right or you're you're fried your uh, KFC chicken. Um, right. <laughs> no, you're supposed to go to the lowest point and stay there and obviously stay away from any good conductor. But this is what I think happened. And there's no proof of this either. Like this whole story is we can't wrap our hands around, right? And we can't say like, yes, this is it. And, you know, that's more, more interesting to me. So some allege that the mansion was deliberately set on fire to stop vandals and kids from entering what was still private property. So Mm -hmm. there's an article here uh, that was really interesting. Thank you, Megan, uh, or Brooke, whoever put it up. I believe, Megan, you put it up. Uh, Awesome. Because it kind of talks about, and I was reading this too, and I'm going to go through it really quickly. I found this thing I thought was super funny. So the Land O'Lakes Town Board 
<laughs> they have like totally denied like nope this is not you know we didn't <laughs> do this it was destroyed by a fire but according to this like the fire department was like eh, let it burn yeah, <laughs> right that's so bad whatever yeah, okay <laughs> And they're really defensive about it. So there's an article you can read from the Milwaukee Journal set now, and they're really defensive. I won't get into the mm-hmm. full article because it's typical political BS. Like, oh, we didn't do this. And, you know, what are you talking about? We didn't torch the place. And, you know, and they talked to the law enforcement and, and uh, fire department there. Uh, and they're all like, no, it's just, you know, it was destroyed. Uh, you know, with the lightning strike, and how dare you say that we burned it down? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> funny. Um, and then I think we talked about this already. The the Fox Valley uh, ghost hunters, you know, um, who kind of talk about that a little bit too. They're a little s- skeptical of <laughs> the explanation of what happened. So right. you, I guess, I mean, what do you think? Would you? Th- would it make sense to burn it down? Yes and no, right? Kind of just like you don't want vandals there. You, you're sick and tired of people going there. It's private property. So maybe you just light a match, right? I don't <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I think, too, like they had so many issues with people coming in because they wanted to see the mansion because it was hard. Right. They wanted to explore it. And it was very hard to find. So people would just like wander around up there, yeah. like looking for it and be like bothering the locals. And I feel like it was just yeah. very annoying for all of them to be like, yeah. okay, like just leave us alone, <laughs> you know? And, oh, burn it. Yeah. 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 yeah that- Oh, Megan, I, you want to say something? I kind of agree with you, Brooke. Like, I feel like the mansion was also more of a, you know, thorn in their side than anything. It's like, yeah, God, I wish this just wasn't a thing anymore. Because with all that traffic coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, people getting on private property, it's like, oh, God, this is just getting yeah. in the way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I agree. Um, so um, they made a fund. And I'm not even going to give into the fund because I don't want anybody sending your money. <laughs> I'm not going to include the link because it's a dead link. Well, it's not a dead link. It still goes to something, but it was very suspicious to me. So please, people, don't give money. You know, keep your money. It's Christmas. Buy a gift for somebody. Um, <laughs> but one of the things is they wanted to restore Summer Wind, okay? And they wanted to restore it to its former glory. So I have a friend of the family who's in construction, and he told me, um, that it would take millions um, to restore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I told you, Megan and Brooke, anywhere from four to ten million dollars, maybe more. Yeah, really yeah, expensive. That's, yeah, it's not pocket change. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah, um, it's and also, <laughs> he, he was a skeptic, which is fine because we love skeptics. We love Ooh, talking no to you, <laughs> but it's nice to talk to one, kind of try to convince them. That's why we're here. But he said. He thinks no one would take the job because of the legend. And I kind of laughed at that. And he said, I asked him what he would. And he was like, no, it's too much work. And it's just, he goes, you're just going to, it just wouldn't go anywhere. That's his kind of feeling was. But he did agree with me that a lot of people would not take it because (laughs) because of the stories. He says a lot of guys in construction are not skeptics. So that was interesting. That is interesting. personal story. About summer wind is uh, my good friend. He, he he goes on a road trip. He takes a motorcycle and he kind of goes around the country and stuff like that. 
So I told him about Summerwind. Hey, when you're up north, could you go to Summerwind and check it out and take some pictures? And he said, this is probably, I don't know, five, six years back. So not too long. And he said, sure. So when he was going back to Summerwind, you have to take like an all-terrain vehicle or a mm -hmm. motorcycle. You can't go back with a car. Maybe mm -hmm. an SUV. It's too overgrown. Anyway, so he gets back there. And he's there for, I think he said a few minutes. And this cop sheriff comes out of nowhere and says, you need to get off right now. You need to leave. And, mm -hmm. and my buddy's like, hey, okay, okay. And the guy was like adamant, like, you need to leave right now. So he, so so he goes out and the cop follows him. And he said that it wasn't like the cop was being super mean to him. It seemed like the cop was like, looked legitimately frightened. He said, it, just the look on the cop's face, you know, yeah. you know, he said it was like, it's private property and you can't go back there. We'll find you. He said the cop looked scared. And he said for a cop to look scared, who's probably worked years in this area, mm, that's pretty interesting. And of course, unfortunately, uh, he didn't ask <laughs> any questions to the cop. And he said, you know, I just wanted to get out of there. So I didn't get a ticket. And I, and I Yeah, did. fair enough. Right. Mm -hmm. fair enough. So he said it was really interesting. He didn't feel any vibes. He didn't feel anything. But he said, where that cop came from to this day, he has no idea. He, hmm. It was yeah. like he was there a few minutes. And yeah, that is interesting. Comes barreling in and tells him to get off right now. So anyway. Yeah. I suppose uh, if you're a, a cop in the Land of Lakes area, maybe you don't have a ton of other stuff to do, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but still, that's odd, odd timing. Yeah, it was just strange because, again, when you go back there, no one can see you off the road. Like, nobody. Right. As soon as you get into it, it's not like someone drives past and go, hey, I can see you. No, you yeah. can't. So well, anyway. I can't imagine that the, there's a driveway, a perfectly, you know, miniature no. driveway going up. There's Absolutely a little, not. you know, a sign on the road, like summer wind this way. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. like I'm it's, sure it's really hard to find. So what are the yeah. odds that this police officer just found your friend just in the right spot at the right time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just a quick side note, my friend had to ask a local in order to how to get there and stuff like that. It's on Google Maps, but it's not on Google Maps, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's, yeah. like, on, it's not exact at or, all, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And you get yeah. probably like terrible reception up there. I know a lot of people on like the forums I was reading who have tried to find it say that there's like written instructions on how to find it, but even those yeah. that are like not easy to follow and yeah. it's just very difficult to find. Yeah. And you kind of have to park somewhere if you're driving a car and then like trek back into the woods until you find like the mm -hmm. chimneys that are still mm -hmm. standing. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So last but not least, um, that, so that was the eighties to the present. So there's not been really much done to it. Yes, people tried to restore it. And yes, there's been stories from here, but nothing really concrete or, or like, you know, I've never heard some stories about kids who partied there and they saw a ghost, you know. Maybe if we revisit this topic down the road, we find something, we will definitely give it to you, our listeners, uh, because we would love to hear that, obviously. So they made a Summer Wind movie. <laughs> it's on IMBD. It's not really a movie. It's kind of some cheesy thing that's on the travel channel kind of thing. Mm, yeah. But one of the things they had in the movie, which was really funny, that I've never seen, and please tell me if we if I skipped this or any one of us skipped it, there's a vortex. 
Oh, over with. Oh, interesting. I don't remember reading I, about that. Yeah. So in the movie, again, I just went. And I I had a buddy of mine. He found it for me. Um, but you got to get rid of the link, and I don't get anybody into trouble. It's kind of a pirated link. Don't hear that from me. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Hey, otherwise you got to pay for it, which I'm not doing that. Yeah. No. One um, <laughs> so anyway. The guy opens the door and there was like a vortex when I was watching. And oh I was my God. like, what? Where did that hmm. come from? There's like this vortex all of a sudden. So I did not of, read about that. <laughs> yeah, it was really cheesy. And the dad, the dad that they got playing the organ is like playing it like the Joker out of like some DC movie <laughs> or something. Super over the top. Oh my God. God. I'm going to spare both of you and you can say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it. thank you, John. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's not scary at all. It's super late. So, but <laughs> here's the thing. They have not made a Summer Wind movie, okay? And here's my pitch, Hollywood. We get Margot Robbie and Christian Bale. They're good Ooh. actors. Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's sounds good to me. Arnold I think it, yeah. yeah. Come on. I think it would be a good a good movie. I mean, regardless of whether you think everything's true or not, I think it would. It kind of has like Haunting of Hill House vibes to me right. a little bit. It yeah. really does. Yeah, yeah, like a family buys an old mansion. They're trying to restore mm-hmm. it. All the spooky stuff keeps happening. The dad kind of goes crazy. They leave in the middle of the night. It's very, very similar. But I think yeah, that would be I fun. know it's similar to that. But it's. I think if you had the history. <laughs> If you yeah, the Le Mans. and the setting, the setting the I think setting. is unique for sure. So that's my pitch to Hollywood. Yeah, oh. I think it's a good pitch. I think they should. I think they should take it. Yeah, I'll uh, buy a so, ticket. <laughs> that's yeah. it um, for me about again eighties to present. Uh, move on here to Brooke about a paranormal yeah. investigation. I wanted to just quickly talk about this because I thought it was interesting. Um, so the paranormal investigation team or of Milwaukee. Um, they uh, did an investigation in 2019. So they had two members go out there and do an investigation of what's left of Summerwind. Um, they acknowledge that the investigations are difficult, obviously, because there are no, I mean, mm. it's all burned down. So it's just uh, ruin and like rubble. So you can't really get like EVPs or electronic voice phenomena mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. there's, you know, like wildlife everywhere. It's hard to know. <laughs> like what it would be right. like a voice versus like a squirrel or I don't know, something like that. But, sure. um, and they actually, in their blog post, they kind of went through all of the biggest, um, uh, kind of the stuff that we had talked about and they gave kind of what they thought were logical explanations for all the past claims, which I appreciated that they did that. I like when people who do paranormal investigations, like come at it with a skeptical mind. So I like that, but um, they were not able to document any haunted happenings during their stay, but they actually, this was the most interesting part to me. They interviewed um, a summer wind neighbor who um, their nephew was staying there. And so at this point, the nephew is like a grown adult, you know, he's probably, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's much older now. But he said that while they were in the area, um, he and his friends used to hang out there all the time back in like the seventies and eighties and they would make up stories about the hauntings and like spread oh, them gosh. around town, <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting. Of yeah. yeah. And he also said that he and his friends would sneak into the house to scare trespassers and then never reveal themselves. So he said that they would try Ooh, to like, nice. you know, like spook them and act like ghosts and stuff. Weird. And yeah, to like scare them away. 
Um, and he, according to him, Mrs. Kiefer was emotionally fragile. So she was the one who like bought the mansion after the Lamonts and mm -hmm. supposedly left and left all of her stuff there. Um, so that was according to him. He I, again seemed to be of the impression that Summerwin wasn't necessarily haunted. It was more, um, you know, just kind of a lot of, I don't know. I guess we, on that note, we can kind of get into our like final thoughts and discussion, which is, do you think that summer wind was haunted? Um, so what do you guys think? I will say a big no. And <laughs> Oh yeah. I I'm kind of on the same page. You know, I think that like, it had a lot of bad juju and a lot of interesting history. And, um, and it's very interesting to read about, but it seems like a story kind of gone out of hand. Right. All kind of stemming from this Raymond Bober guy. Um, Raymond. And it just like, right. yeah, just kind of spiraled into something else, which I think is kind of similar to the Amityville Horror House. It's kind of interesting Correct. how many parallels there so, are. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that up with the Lutzes who talked about this story now remember we will get to this i think later on if if you guys want to do it i would like to do it because it's as confusing as this because right. people with the lutzes there was a story that came out later that it's completely fake they made it up but if you think about it how did the lutzes know this would become a phenomenon right like, how, right. does, how would you know that you just say, hey, my place is scary and there's a demon that's telling me to get out and all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? How did you know you become famous? And like Summer Wind too. like when you kind of think about it, you're like, okay, yeah. why would you like say there's a body in the like crawl space or whatever that was, right? Yeah, I'll be like, specific. For Summerwind, yeah. I think it's more interesting that it happened so close to when the Amity Horror novel came out, um, yeah. like right after that, because maybe yeah. they were trying to like imitate the success of mm -hmm. that. But for yeah. Amityville, I think it is interesting. In both cases, it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. It's like, OK, maybe I'm going to write this book, but no one ever reads it. And it yeah. was just a total waste of time. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could read that book. Uh, the carver effect one i'm not gonna pay 300 dollars for it no though. we'll do a patreon we'll do a patreon yeah we'll some more episodes and you know listeners you know once we grow that'd be a great patreon to give to us and we can have the book so you don't have to read it and yeah, yeah we'll read it for you Cause, we'll yeah because yeah. i'm curious like like megan like your whole part like how much of the stories that they told were actually like stories from the book like how much right. was there and were the like characters in the book mm -hmm. ginger and arnold like were they named the same or were they based on them i don't it's just i am very curious as to how the two like the real life stories and the stories from that book that raymond wrote like coincide <laughs> he with each also other. published the book under a pen name so 
And people, you know, in yeah. the city are like, oh, he's stretching the truth. He's making it up. So it's like, are we just taking your word for it? Yeah, it really seems like the people mm. who live in the area are very much skeptical <laughs> of the entire thing and kind of more so annoyed, which I think that is the one of the biggest things for me is that like of all these people yeah. who live in the area are like, right. no, it's all BS. Like this guy was just like a clout chaser. He never yeah. even lived in the house. He wouldn't even go inside of it. But can uh, I add something really quick that I think yeah. is really interesting? Um, we'll do Mothman eventually, Brooke. <gasps> I know oh, you're there. there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But they embraced it, right? Even though Mothman killed people? <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? These Not like people got murdered, or at least that we don't know. Why wouldn't you embrace this if you're in the Land of Lakes area, which is a gorgeous uh, area, right? Embrace it. I, I make want to make money. Come on. It is Come interesting because yeah, same thing with the hodag that we talked about the other right. week. Um, I I feel like with like the cryptid stories, towns definitely kind of embrace it and turn right. it into a tourism thing. I almost feel like with summer wind, like I feel like they didn't like the bobers or yeah. bobers and the mm -hmm. hipsters. Like maybe they seem to be kind of like well off people that maybe mm. were just trying to almost profit. People. Yeah, like they're profiting off of like the community more so than like trying to like help the community because it, mm. I don't know. I agree. Because also it's like, how do you, I don't know, like how do you monetize that as like a, because with yeah. the cryptids, it's kind of easy. Like you can, you can right. sell little plushies and yeah, you can right. do all these fun yeah. little things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But with the burned down old haunted house, yeah. there's not really mm. much you can do. So, mm. So here's my pitch for all of us. Here's our business idea. Don't you see our business idea out there? Hey, we're going to all get together and we're going to make this like a spooky acres and we're going to have like a haunted place there. What do you guys think? You know? All right. Yeah. Sounds good I think that would be so fun. Yeah. Like the screaming acres haunted. Yes, yeah. I think that would be fun. And then it could like bring money to the community because then people would travel for like a good reason, not to like, <laughs> trespass but just to have a good Fact. time <laughs> there you go i love it yeah uh, i think that'd be any, fun anything else on this topic anything that you kind of oh, the, the one other thing i did want to ask was do you guys think that the fire was actually caused by lightning because <laughs> i don't no. i think that they burned that down <laughs> well one thing that i read that i thought was a little suspicious is there allegedly were lightning rods on the house. So it's like, why didn't the lightning rods right. work yeah. if it was yeah. struck by lightning? It's like, that's the whole point of having yep. lightning rods on a wooden house. I agree. Yeah. And uh, another thing too, is that I, I have a picture of this. I can send it to you, John, so you can add yeah, it to the please. site. But um, there's a picture of it burning like completely up in flames and it's the middle of the day. Um, mm. And it doesn't look like it was, like storming or anything like that so i i don't know i think it's it's kind of interesting it, it seems like it was a controlled burn um yeah. it, to me then yeah. and that they did it on purpose and there was also um like it oddly there was a news article from 1985 that yeah, said that, that yeah and i said that they were planning on burning it down but then they never did i think because mm. some people were like protesting and they didn't want it to be burned down but then it just happened to accidentally burn down a couple years later which oh, seems like darn. odd timing <laughs> right like how well and the fire department was like eh. yeah i said yeah the fire like, department was like just whatever. let it go yeah <laughs> right okay <laughs> <A little> suspicious <laughs> ladies this was awesome 
I love yeah. Summer Wind. Um, this was a great episode. Uh, amazing uh, work from both of you. Um, Thanks. Bunk Bed from Hell was awesome. Um, yeah, we love Bunk Bed. From <laughs> let's sum up. Let's 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 sum this up. I'm a no, but kind of like you might sway me if you had a little more like pictures of the the, the lady and yeah. you know, the gunshots. Brooke, yes or no? I'm I'm a no. I'm a I'm a no. But I do think that there's some odd juju. There's some like there's mm, some weird agree. weirdness agree. around it for sure. But I'm a, I'm a no on the haunting and Megan. All you're the final. You're the final one. I'm <laughs> also a little leaning towards no, just because I feel mm, like mental right. health might have played a part yes. in it. It's just something yeah. that people didn't really understand as well no, back in the day. So I co- totally agree. Some explanations for Arnold or you know Ginger's you know. She's trying to raise this family in this house and her husband's going crazy. And I think yeah. that could explain some of the phenomena that happened. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. So great episode. Um, second episode. Awesome. Um, so we'll be back with our next topic. Now, one of the things I'm going to tell you listeners, Brooke, Megan and I, we kind of go like feel what we want to do for next episode. So what we suggested is Beast of Bray Road and Sister Hotel. We might change that (laughs) because like I said, we kind (laughs) of go by feel of what we want to do. But believe me, whatever the next episode is, you're gonna you're gonna love it. We want to go back to cryptids. I think is that right, Brooke? We want to do a cryptid. Oh, I'm I'm always about going back to cryptids. (laughs) Mm. Love it. (laughs) Megan, what do you think? Do you like cryptids? Sounds good to me. What do you think of the hotel? Okay. Brooke is passionate about those cryptids, so I'm ready. I am. I love the Beast of Bray Road. Very hey. fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, again, that's what's exciting about our podcast and everyone else's podcast. You don't know what's going to be next. So yeah. You don't know in, what you're going to get. Exactly. So, again, anything else to add there? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Megan I think Brooke that says it, it all. <laughs> <laughs> all Keep right. it up with the soundboard, John. We love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep doing that because I love playing around with it. So <laughs> we always end the podcast with, hey, tell your ghost we say hi because, you know, be friendly to your ghost and everything. Yeah. We will be back in a couple of weeks. We love you all. Um, again, we're building this. So eventually we'll have emails and all that other good stuff. So, For John, signing off, Megan and Brooke. Signing off. See you in a couple weeks. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Stay spooky. Ooh.